Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. Twenty-two this morning. Very familiar passage of scripture. Everyone knows this passage. Luke chapter twenty-two. Luke chapter number twenty-two. Very, very familiar passage of scripture. I want to begin reading in verse thirty-one. We'll read a few verses this morning and preach what the Lord has laid upon our heart. 
Luke chapter 22, as you found your place, let's begin in verse number 31. The Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I want to preach with the help of the Lord this morning on Satan hath desired to have you. Satan hath desired to have you. And yes, this title and this message applies for each and every individual. Whether you be saved and born again by God's grace this morning, or whether you be lost and undone without Christ as your Savior, the message still applies. For Satan hath desired to have you. Certainly as Jesus had told Peter this in these two verses, that Satan would desire to have him, that he may sift him as wheat. I believe that Peter, he was unaccepting of the fact. In fact, Peter, we see his uh, reaction as well. He said, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee. In verse 33, both in the prison and to death. Peter, he kind of ignored the fact of what Christ was speaking of at the very moment. I believe that uh, we shouldn't act or think as Peter at this very moment in this pastor's scripture, but we should heed the instructions of Christ. For Satan doth desire to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. I find it interesting how as you study this chapter, in chapter 22, as the disciples in Christ were uh, prepared and sitting at this Passover meal on this very night, uh, there was much trouble, much struggle, and there was much opposition that the disciples in Christ were facing at this time. You'll read at the beginning of the chapter and uh, also... Uh, on, in verse 21 as well, when Christ had foretold of His own betrayal and how there was one amongst them that would betray Him. Boy, they were facing some issues, some problems. And Jesus knew that Judas would soon betray Him, would uh, turn Him in for 30 pieces of silver. And certainly, uh, these folks throughout the world today that would betray Christ Himself, even at this very moment. Boy, there was some troubling times, some trials and temptations that come the disciples' way. Not only do we see the betrayal was at hand, but we see James and John as we preached a few weeks ago. Boy, they was more concerned about who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And verse 24 said there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Boy, you wonder how Jesus felt that day as He knew He was approaching His crucifixion. As He was approaching the time in which He would lay Himself down for the sins of man. And one was more concerned about what He could profit from turning Jesus in. Two were more concerned about who would be the greatest 
in the kingdom of heaven. It sounds much like the days of our lives, don't it? <laughs> now, I ain't talking about the TV show. My grandma liked days of our lives, but boy, it seems like days of our lives at the church house anymore. There's more people concerned about the pointless things in life than they are about Christ. Shame on us. Boy, we see there's a lot of problems. One was concerned about prophets. One was concerned with who would be the greatest. And there was a strife among them. And here we see Peter as he would approach his time of denial. And he would deny the Lord. And certainly Jesus had foretold of this. And he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. He may sift you as wheat. This was a promise. This was a prophecy for Peter's life. And he knew it would come to pass. But yet, uh, Peter, he didn't want to heed to this warning. He didn't want to give in to what Christ was saying. And in essence, would almost think that Christ was lying about what Peter would go through. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. We notice some things in this passage of Scripture concerning this very topic as Satan would desire to have us, that he may sift us as wheat. My friend, child of God, Satan would desire to have you this morning. He'd desire to have you more than anything that this world has to offer. There's nothing he'd love more than to take a child of God and ruin their life. There's nothing he would love more than to take a child of God that's living for God, that's walking with Christ, and destroy Him and His testimony. Boy, it's a sad thing. But my friend, we can certainly feed off of this pastor Scripture and learn some things. May we not soon forget the revival message as Brother Jason Wiles preached during our spring revival. Certainly there is a satanic or demonic oppression upon the churches today. Boy, I'll never forget that message. It's something that just touches me as a pastor and should touch you as a member. For Satan does desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. We see that this was a promise from Christ Himself. It was a foretelling of what would happen and it certainly does apply to our lives today. As we see, first of all, in this pastor's scripture, there is a promise of insurrection. I know y'all have heard that word many times. <laughs> I know y'all have heard that word concerning this insurrection on the Capitol up in Washington. Boy, when uh, the election was over and there's many people that went in and rebelled against our nation's capital. Certainly it is a sad situation, the things that have went on uh, through the last couple years. But my friend, certainly Satan himself, uh, he uh, hath desired to have you and sift you as wheat. Certainly he desires a rebellion against your life. We see throughout this passage of Scripture a promise of insurrection. As Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. It's Satan's plan to steal, to kill, and destroy your, your life, 
your family, your testimony, everything about you as a Christian. My friends, shouldn't we be warned this morning that Satan would love to destroy you? He would love to take your family and break it up. He would love to take a mama and turn her against the daddy. He would love to take the little children and turn them against their parents. Boy, we see it each and every day. How many rebellious kids do we see running across America? How about even those as we talk about the break-ins that have happened in this community? Certainly there's young kids that are going out in such rebellion against their families, against God, against their community. Oh, my friend, rebellion is an awful disease in which Satan would implant upon the hearts of people to rebel against the things they love most. Certainly there are fathers that Satan would love to use to destroy a family. As every man would know, one of the strongest temptations that a man would encounter, and I would say a woman as well, is such as lust. And a man would go about his life lusting after other women and break down the very marriage which he is in. My friend, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I preach to you this morning that we may be warned that Satan himself is desiring you and I just because you sit in the congregation this morning doesn't mean that Satan's not going to target you. He desires to tear your family apart. He desires to tear your children from you, your wife from you, your husband from you. It is His plan, His objective to steal, to kill, and destroy. Satan would even love to take your very life. Certainly there's folks that would take the lives of others, but my friend... Satan's strategy, if you will, can oftentimes get into the minds of people and cause them to do some crazy things. If Satan can be successful in a Christian's life, he could cause that Christian to even take their own life. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. A person that may commit suicide, I don't know if they're going to heaven. Let me tell you something, friend. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they have encountered in this walk of life. I can say this morning, I believe it without a doubt. There's some good people, some Christian people, saved by God's grace, that have committed suicide. Satan can work in such a manner even in your life. You may not think you'd ever get to that place. Don't fool yourself. Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Just as Jesus told Peter that day. It was Satan's plan and objective to sift Peter. To break him apart. To tear him to pieces. To sift him as wheat. 
I'm sure the women folk this morning have sifted flour. You put your flour in that sifter and you crank that thing, turn that handle. And that little doodad in that sifter, I don't know what you call it, women folk probably know. <laughs> you turn that handle and that thing gets to spinning in there. And it goes through that little sieve on the bottom, through that wire mesh on the bottom. And you sift that flour and you get all the clumps out of it. Boy, Satan would love to take a child of God this morning, put you in that sifter, and blend you up, tear you apart. Should we heed the warning this morning? I believe so. That Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. He would love to steal the Christian's testimony and causing you to fall by the wayside. To ruin the testimony of your life, of your conversion, of what God has done for you. To taint your very testimony. So this sin-cursed world may not see the glory of Christ in you. My friend, you think this is not a problem and Satan wouldn't desire to have you. May you be reminded this morning, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He'd love to tear apart your testimony. He'd love for you to fall apart in the arms of this community. For this community to know that your God has failed you. He'd love to tear your house apart. Your home apart. Your life apart. Your testimony apart. But child of God, let me tell you, He'd love to tear this church apart. He'd like to take you and I this morning and turn us against one another. There ain't a doubt in my mind that Satan would love to do such a work as this. May we heed the warning this morning that Satan hath desired to have us and sift us as wheat. May we be vigilant on guard, on our toes, constantly following Christ for He is our hedge and our a protection and safety in this walk of life. As I studied, I found out that Satan can work. And these are certainly some truth from life events. Satan can work in various ways and various forms. And this promise of this insurrection, we see that Satan can work in the lives of people in various ways. We see first of all that he can tear down an individual inwardly. You may not think that he's working in your marriage, in your household, in your family, but you don't know what Satan is doing to the heart and mind of your spouse. You may not know what he's doing in the mind of your children. For Satan can certainly do his work inwardly in a child of God, in any individual. He can fulfill his plan inwardly in a person's heart and mind by ways of negative thinking, of criticism, of envy, of hatred. My friend Satan can put the awfulest thoughts in your mind he can take every ounce of joy you have. 
Everybody around you would look at you and think you're okay. But Satan can work inwardly in your life and influence you to do some awful things. You may never think that one individual in the church would cause such trouble and problems. But my friend, he can take any individual and do an inward work in that person. Before we know it, we begin thinking some awful things about a brother or sister in Christ. We begin to criticize and run down an individual for something they have done. Somebody say amen right there. Don't let me down now. You think Satan can't work in your heart? You think Satan can't work in your mind? Let me tell you something. That's not a work of God. It's a work of Satan himself as he works inwardly in the hearts and minds of people, even Christians today. He can turn someone in the congregation against another to where it would cause such division. He can take the smallest things and blow them up and make them big in your heart. Turn you against the brethren. Turn you against the congregation. He can work inwardly in your life, but we see He can also take apart and tear down outwardly. As He would ruin the testimony of many Christians today. He'd love to take this church and tear it apart outwardly for the world to see. As I said, may we not forget the charge that was preached to us during revival meeting. As Brother Jason shared with us of that church somewhere down in the state. They closed their doors. They locked up shop. And you've seen what that place turned into. What a testimony this went to waste of a church that was once thriving and on fire for God and Satan can take it and put it out of business. Turn it into something else. He can do such a work outwardly. I believe that these outward actions are no doubt a reaction of the inward things. As Satan would hinder the hearts and minds of individuals and cause you to say something or do something outwardly to tear this place apart. Tear your family apart. Tear your friendships apart. Tear the fellowship of this congregation plumb apart. My friend Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. May we heed the warning this morning. We see that Peter, he gave in to both. As Satan worked on him inwardly and outwardly to tire Peter apart and sift him as wheat. We see that Peter had cracked under pressure 
when he denied Christ, just as Christ had foretold it, under pressure, Peter denied his Lord and Savior. Not only that, he broke down outwardly. We see also through the Scriptures that he broke down inwardly. When he seen how miserably he had failed his Lord and Savior, he turned back to doing the things he'd always done. He said, well, I'll just go a-fishing. Ain't no sense in bothering with this ministry anymore. I'll just go a-fishing. Go back to doing what I've always done. I've let the Lord down miserably and Satan began to wear on him inwardly. Tearing him apart on the inside. Making him feel as if he's nothing. My friend Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. We see there's a promise of an insurrection, a rebellion of Satan against you, of Satan against God, of Satan against this church, of Satan against your family, of Satan against your relationships, your friendships, your testimony. Satan would love to rebel against it. Not only do we see this promise of insurrection, but we see, hallelujah, the peace and intercession. Look at verse 32. Jesus said, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. Hallelujah. I love that verse. Even though Jesus knew what Peter would do, even though Jesus knew what Peter would go through, Jesus said, But I, <laughs> but I, y'all get that, have prayed for thee. When you think you're going through your trials and troubles by yourself, honey, let me tell you something. There's a God in heaven that's praying for you this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you suffer through. I don't know what Satan is doing to you inwardly. But I can tell you this. Christ Himself, just as He told Peter, is praying for you. He knows what you go through. He knows the troubles. He knows your trials. He knows your temptations. Just when you feel like you're tearing apart and Satan is sifting you even to the end of your rope. When you're about to give up, when you're about to give in, may we be encouraged this morning there is peace in His intercession. I'm thankful for a Savior that's praying for us. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that this sweet Holy Spirit makes intercession for the child of God with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know the Holy Spirit is praying for you in ways in which you cannot even imagine or fathom or even speak. There are forms of intercession on your behalf that you may not even know of. 
I may tell you that I'm praying for you. And that's about the extent of it. That's about as far as you may ever know. Somebody may take you by the hand and pray with you. And boy, you're comforted in that. But ain't it good to know even if nobody else is praying for us, Jesus Christ is praying and making intercession for us on your behalf. Honey, He knows what you're going through. He knows how you're being sifted. For He's been there. He's been through it Himself. He's been tempted just like you are tempted. He's went through the same sufferings and Christ not only knows what you're going through, but He's praying for you. The Holy Spirit is making intercession for you in ways which you cannot fathom. Boy, may we be reminded not only is Satan desiring to have us and sift us as wheat, but in the process, we have a darling Savior that's been through it all. He loves you so much, He ain't going to let you go through it alone. Somebody say amen right there. Boy, ain't that good to know. You know, I, I guarantee you, if we was to share our problems with one another this morning, you've probably been through something that nobody else in this congregation has been through. There's some people that have been abused as children. They live in great fear and dread and anxiety. They have nightmares, tremors. I've never been through that and I thank the Lord I hadn't. There may be other people in this congregation that's never been through that. You don't know what somebody's been through. You don't know the problems they're going through. How Satan gets in their mind. But honey, when you think you're alone and nobody else has experienced it, Jesus Christ is praying for you in ways which no man can. There may be people in this congregation at some point in time in their life have thought of ending their life. You may have experienced something or been through something nobody else has been through in this congregation. There may be someone here this morning that may be thinking the same things. Contemplating. You may think you're all alone. You're no good and nobody wants you. Nobody cares and nobody understands. But my friend Christ does. He's been there. He's going through it with you. He wants to help you. And He's praying for you this morning. For Satan hath desired to have you and sift you as wheat. But there's such a sweet peace in this intercession which Christ makes on our behalf. We see this promise of insurrection and a peace of intercession. But also we see thirdly, and I'm done, there is a great plan to inspire. Look at verse 32. Jesus said, I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Boy, what a message in this very verse. 
as Satan would desire to have us and sift us. And Christ given us great peace through His intercession. There is a plan for you. Though you may not see it. Though you may not realize it. You may not understand exactly why you're going through what you're going through this morning. You don't know why you're being sifted like you are to your wit's end. But we see that there is a great plan of God for us to inspire others. When thou art converted, Jesus said, strengthen thy brethren. Some would say that Peter got saved after this event of his denial. And I believe with his profession, his confession as well, I believe he got born again in the earlier parts of the gospel. This conversion I don't believe is talking about his conversion of the soul. For the word implies as you look at it in the Greek, this converted is a pastripo. And it means to come again or to turn about again, or to return. It's not an initial turning, but it is returning. How many times must we be converted from our awful scenarios, our awful temptations and trials? Boy, how many times have you fell into the same snare of Satan over and over again. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. It is a return. Regardless of how many times you've fell, you've fallen, you've given in, you've come to your wit's end, this is a returning unto Christ. A returning unto faith. You may feel like you're nothing. You're no good for anything. You may even feel this morning that God doesn't love you. But let me tell you something. He does. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. When you get through this awful time in your life, you may not be going through anything this morning. I don't know. But you can take these very thoughts and this very message and stick it in your pocket for one day there's going to be a day when Satan will desire to have you and sift you as wheat. May you be reminded that Christ is making intercession for you. Personally. May we be reminded that there is a plan to inspire. There's many good things happened and come out of some bad situations. People that have had some awful experiences in life. And they've took these stumbling blocks. They've took these times of sifting. And used it for God's glory. To strengthen the brethren. To encourage the child of God. That may be going through much the same thing. You say, Justin, I have an awful time with pornography. I've suffered my whole life with pornography. God has delivered me from it. From that grip and that hold of such awful and evil lust. 
If God has delivered you from that this morning, when thou art converted, Jesus said, boy, when you have returned from those awful things, you've come to Christ. Strengthen thy brethren. As Christ has delivered you from that awful way of sin, why don't you take this testimony and strengthen thy brethren? Some of you may have faced an awful battle in this walk of life with alcohol or drug use. You didn't go through those things for no reason. As a matter of fact, there may be somebody in this congregation that's fighting that same battle today. It's not for us to shame them. It's not for us to cast them out. But it is for us to strengthen the brethren. You never know, you may be holding the key to helping someone that's going through the things you used to go through. I don't know if any of y'all have heard of a preacher, Barry Spears. If you hadn't, I encourage you to look it up on YouTube. Look up Barry Spears. He's all over there. And listen to his testimony. About an hour or so long. Matter of fact, I believe he's been out here mining Ridge. Give his testimony and preach for them in revival meeting. This man had been a member of Hell's Angels. Boy, he'd been through some stuff. Some things that make your skin crawl. When he began to tell some stories. Some awful things that he cannot get out of his mind. It's forever there. But Brother Gary, what a testimony. His life in the valleys, his life when Satan hath desired to have him and sift him as wheat, he can turn that right around and use it for the glory of God to help somebody that may be in the same boat right now. Jesus said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I don't know why I'm going this route, but because I'm done. But I ain't done till I say this. You know, I believe pride gets in the way. You start talking about somebody's private issues, problems that they have. Pride gets in the way. You may be afraid this morning to help a brother in Christ because of pride. You don't want someone else in this congregation knowing what you used to be addicted to. What used to be your problem. Or even what you may be experiencing right now. But Jesus said when thou art converted, when you get through this, Peter, when you get turned around from this sifting, 
I want you to strengthen thy brethren. That was a command. He didn't ask him if he felt like it. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. But oftentimes pride gets in the way just too much, doesn't it? I don't want somebody in the congregation to know that I used to be or I still am hooked on pornography. I don't want somebody in the congregation to know that I used to be or I still am addicted to such substances and alcohol. I don't want somebody in the congregation to know that I used to be or I still am harboring such envy and hatred towards somebody. I don't want them to know the fear and anxiety I have from past situations and how that affects my walk with Christ. Friend, you may be holding the key to help a brother. Don't let pride get in the way. We fail to open ourselves up unto each other and confess our faults, as the Scripture says, one to another. We wonder why when Satan sifts us, the church grows weak. The church begins to deteriorate. For we're not doing what's biblically commanded of us. Satan would desire to have this congregation, you and I today, and sift us as wheat. And I ask you this morning, friend, child of God, are you being that help to your brother in Christ that you need to be? Are you confident and fully relying on Christ and this great intercession that He makes for us? May we take the principles in this passage and apply it to us where it hits home the most. Let's bow our heads for prayer this morning. Father, I thank You for the Scripture, the lessons that it teaches, the principles that it holds. And Father, I know that it's nothing new. Satan hath desired to have us, to sift us, to destroy us. Lord, that individual this morning that is being sifted, I pray, Father, that You would lift them up and encourage them just as You did Peter. Praying for these individuals. Making intercession for these individuals in ways in which man cannot. Father, I pray that You would encourage and uplift, strengthen those being sifted today. May we well be reminded in times of sifting that You are near. That You love us and that You're praying for us. Father, I pray for the child of God that has been or is going through a sifting this morning. I ask, Father, that You'd help us to put our pride to the side. 
our concerns and our worries. May we be honest and upfront with the brethren and strengthen one another. May we join together and confide in You, for You are the one that is our stronghold, our protection. May we not be judgmental to those that are being sifted, though their scenarios and their experiences may be different than ours. May we not be judgmental, but may we strengthen the brethren. May we not cast them away, but may we draw them in and love on them. Get in the Word together and search the Scriptures and get the help and nourishment and understanding that we need. Father, I know that Satan would desire to tear this church apart, this body of Christ. Father, I ask You this morning to continue in such intercession as You have and will do. Lord, we need Your help and Your strength. May nothing come in and tear us apart. May we not be torn apart from the inside. Inwardly. Outwardly. But Lord, I pray that You would draw us together in the cords of Thy love. Continually growing and pressing on for Your honor and glory. Strengthen the church. I pray this morning. May we heed the warning. May we heed the encouragement. May we heed the commandment. This given in the scripture. This morning. Father I bless your name for what you've done. And what you're going to do. For certainly we look forward to the days ahead. As we approach. Getting back to a sense of normalcy. Father, it certainly is going to be lovely. We pray from now on that the church would continue to grow in leaps and bounds for Your honor and glory. Place a hedge of protection around us for those Satan would desire to have us. Lord, I pray that Your hedge of protection be around Your people and protect us from awful times of sifting. Father, I thank You for what You've done and what You're going to do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Amen.